Welcome to the Self-Kindness with Pete podcast, where we explore self-kindness. What is self-kindness? It's not just fluff, it's substance. It's not just a nicety, it's a life-altering practice. We explore how getting a foundation of self-kindness right inside allows you to live as your very best version of you in the world. I'm Pete Sibley, the Self-Kindness Coach, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to another Self-Kindness with Pete. I am Pete Sibley and I am so thrilled that you are here again or if you are here for the first time, welcome, new listener, new friend. So great to have you here and especially on a day where we are going to be talking about, (laughs) it's kind of like a Seinfeld episode. Essentially, this episode is about nothing. It's about space and creating space in your life intentionally. And I want to talk about it because it is, you know, there's so much power in it that we know that. And I want this episode to be a reminder of what you already know in your life. So to preface a, did I say that right? Preface? To preface a conversation on this podcast today about the power of space in your life, of creating space, of the awareness of space, I wanted to share with you how this relates to what I offered the world, which is self-kindness coaching. So if you will, let's take a moment for our sponsor, which is self-kindness coaching with Pete. Now, self-kindness coaching, it's a combination of bringing the two aspects of who we are in harmony and in concert with each other. And that is our brilliant minds and the ability to be these incredible conceptualized human beings. We can understand such complex and uh, deep and fascinating concepts. And we are also the experiential human being. So we can feel deeply. We can get in touch. We can get in tune with all of those beautiful concepts, the divine, the spiritual, even those woo-woo concepts that are out there, which I personally love, bringing those two in concert with each other. And what does that look like? It looks like coaching on and understanding your awareness the ability to notice, to be aware, to be intentional. Um, You know, what I've heard, sometimes it's called the fragmented self. So inviting all of you back to the table, so to speak. Looking at the conceptualized, conceptualization of life and how it shows up in paradigms and how we relate to that. Consciousness itself, the awareness that you are witnessing that and being in touch with that in very pragmatic ways, which is embodiment. And I'm also really curious about witnessing how the depth of the way that we live in the world can be um, flavored by understanding and appreciating and allowing for death, allowing for ideas in our mind to have their time and be done 
and death as it shows up in life and how that is actually a way that we can celebrate and honor life. So, you know, this might present challenges in your mind and to you. And if you're like me, when challenges come up, it's like you do them, but you're not totally thrilled about them showing up. And so that makes me think of a quick story. And this is related to all of this concept. And that was early on in my own experience of hiring a coach and saying yes to um, doing this work, which is a challenge. Again, I'm not thrilled about it, but there is a part of me that knows that I'm going to do this. And that was one of the first times I remember reading a, a book that pointed to a really deep truth inside of me, this inner wisdom, which you know, again, I call self-kindness, getting in touch with that. And warning here to any parents or whoever, uh, I'm going to drop uh, an explicit, explicative here. I can't, I can't get my mouth to say that. And because I want to actually say out loud what I thought in my head, and it has the F word. So any parents, there's your warning. So I had opened up this book. I was in the library back in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, when we lived there. This is maybe about two decades ago. And I remember reading something in there from one of these brilliant uh, current thought leaders out there in the world. And I read about a paragraph. And I slammed the book shut, and I put it back on the shelf. And I had this thought, and here it is. Fuck, I have to do this. I was angry. <laughs> and pissed, and scared, but excited, and and just, you know, nervous with excited energy, and yes, there was doubt, but this realm of possibility opened up, and all of that, by that challenge, knowing that this is something that I need to do, and not being thrilled about it, but being willing to do it. So looking back now, I see that that was a feeling of really being alive. And what I really wanted more than to just end the suffering that was in my life was a way to hold it and a way to be an, an element, a container of love that's big enough to hold any suffering that shows up in my life. And why is that important? Then I get to live the big, deep, audacious life. So that's the deep conversation. And that is what I walk people through. And that leads me into today, creating space. And if you want to explore that journey that I was just just describing, that is all available by reaching out to me via social media or going down into the show notes. So, holding space. Really, do you know that the most powerful thing any of us has access to in our lives is not a thing at all? It is the space. It is the awareness. It is the witnessing presence. As Eckhart Tolle says, the power of now. 
where it's simply being. It's from that space between our breath to the space in our bodies that we access if we actually make it to yoga and practice yoga. (laughs) From the space that we witness in nature by looking at nature or being in nature to the space that is so beautifully described by the late neurologist and Holocaust survivor, Viktor Frankl, who said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. In our response lies our growth and freedom. From space, growth and freedom. So I'm talking about space, and I also want to get into some pragmatic ways, because how does it work with feeling stress, feeling stuck? feeling frustrated with your kids or your dog or with the job or your spouse or even yourself or in moments of confusion or feeling on meeting your purpose in life. So first off, it's always important to give our our brains evidence in all the great teaching, including the, the process that I work in. It's about helping your brain find evidence that's real deal for yourself. So let's think about it. How others support us, how we support each other, is by holding space. When we make space for somebody, we're listening to them. We're allowing them. We're accepting them. We are embodying love by holding and making space. And why is space so powerful? In my opinion, this space is so powerful because it allows your true nature, our true nature, to rush in as the felt experience, as the deep knowing. Remember what I said, that we are essentially these beings that are a, a, a chance to be a harmony of the conceptual human being that we are and the felt, the experiential human being. So creating space allows for that to happen. When your mind pauses in its obsession, obsessive attempt to fill every moment, with narratives, with judgments, with suggestions, with telling you how to not feel or to feel, all this stuff in an effort to make you feel safe. Without that, when your mind pauses, what are you left with? Well, you're left with that awareness that already exists right then and there, the witness of who you are. Now, I get it. My mind, your mind minds tell us that space is scary. It's terrifying. You know, it's, 
it's it's like the world is created by doing stuff here pete is what my mind is saying in space like you aren't going to be doing stuff and therefore you're not going to be moving towards the things that you want and therefore your life is going to end up and you're going to be stuck right where you are do you want that like that essentially is what our mind is berating us with all the time and the other thing is that as you begin to understand your mind that you witness that your mind is always going to use your past experiences and put them, project them, lean them into that space. So it's going to fill up the space with old stuff. And again, the power of the space, making space and holding space, is to give pause to the old stuff so that the new, the true comes up and you feel that, you experience it that. So this is really about doing and being, again, the two aspects of us. So you can understand this safety, this support, this groundedness by being it, being in it, by being in that space, just moment by moment. So an example of this is last week I had some clients and it seemed to be a theme that was coming up. So I asked each one of them in different ways to, you know, help. How would they explain and how would they help me get to the feeling of feeling grounded? You know, the experience of that. Now, each one of them talked about feeling it in the body. Each one of them talked about allowing it. Each one of them was talking about noticing my thoughts, witnessing the mind and the body together right in that moment, the world around me. Now, none of them tried to convince me it was a good idea to feel grounded. And they didn't tell me like, you know, well, you might not be able to do this. Like, that's what I love is like, we know that getting grounded is a good idea. We know it's possible. We just need to be willing to be intentional of making that happen. And that just happens through practice. Our mind running obsessively to fill in the space, it's just practice. So being space. In my life, I've named that practice of accessing the power of space, of being space, as self-kindness. You can call it whatever you want. You get to do that. And we're about to get into how you get to do that. So how do you use this knowing, this wisdom about the power of space to help be intentional about your life and the world you want to create? Well, it begins by this practice of holding space. And one way that we can hold space, one time that we can allow space, is by being intentional about what Viktor Frankl talked about, the stimulus and the response. That happens when our mind does what it so loves to do, which is problem solve. We can be intentional about how we do that. 
And it begins with questions. We love asking questions, right? So this week, my therapist said to me when I was pondering whatever I was pondering with her at the moment, she reminded me that, you know, looking for the why keeps you stuck. And that statement gave me pause for a moment. And it's because it's the, when we ask a why question, we're setting up our brain to not have space. It immediately needs to go into problem-solving mode. So it has been designed to do this. That's the advantage of it. That's the beauty of this brilliant brain. It loves asking why. There's nothing wrong with the question why. But let's unpack it a little bit. Now, the reason why this question keeps us stuck, keeps you stuck, is due to the fact that the answer is always because. Any question that starts with why is answered because. Now, you can begin asking new questions, questions that foster growing, opening, expanding, and how that works with the growing, expanding, you know, it it can be like, it's illustrated in improv. If you've ever tried improv or you've gone to an improv show and watched it perform, there is a never fail statement that keeps the scene going because the last thing you want in improv is to stop, have it just go and because the scene stops. So same thing with our brains. We can have our brains looking, but we can do it in a way where it it adds on. It's not just a why, because, why, because, why, because. It's a journey. It's a path. It's an unfolding. In the improv world, it's yes and. So when I was learning improv and doing improv in front of audiences, anytime you got stuck, you can say, yes, and, and make something up. You can add on all the time. So how do we get our brains to do that? How do we get our brains to stay open rather than just landing on an answer that's because? So rather than asking why or... <laughs> I notice sometimes the close relative is like WTF, like what the... uh. It's about getting curious. So for self-kindness, I often use the questions of self-inquiry, which are, is it true? Is, you know, rather than why is this, let me first just get curious, is this true? And it's not a debate, it's just an opening of the mind. How do I react with that why that I'm trying to seek the answer to? Let me notice cause and effect in my life rather than just trying to not feel it or push it away or get rid of it. And then the existential question, which is who or what am I really? And that comes out in self inquiry as this question 
Who am I without that why question? Who would I be without that why question? And all of that opens up some space. And it also allows me to come back to this beautiful rub in life with this question why is that we always get to decide on the because. If you think that the reason you're feeling rejected is because you posted something on Instagram and someone commented on it that they were offended, then you just got to decide the because, you just got to decide the world, and you just got to decide your reality. And it's not right or wrong. It's just a beautiful awareness. And that awareness is available in that space between the stimuli, which was somebody commenting on your post, and the response, which was you feeling rejected. So space invites the part of you that says, I see you. I hear you. I hear your inner voice. I hear it at night. I see you. It's my inner voice too. So I guess that brings me to who's interested in doing this challenging work? Who would, you know, as a mostly happy person, want to dive into the deep to retrieve the parts of us that were sunken all those years ago like a lost treasure? Doesn't it seem easier to just figure out how to simply deal with it so you don't have to go there? You know, that's when we can just go to our favorite numbing activity. I found that in the because is where I get to play with life. I get to be intentional in my life. I get to answer with things like, because I want to serve and live a beautiful life filled with service and joy. Because I desire to connect with my spouse, my kids, my family, my passions. And maybe for you, it's because you want to play bigger in the world, as all of us personal growth peeps like to say. Because you deserve it. Because you are not separate from the very life force that is simultaneously giving you the desire and all the same moment breathing you and growing the trees and chirping the birds and da, 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 to not feel separate from that. Because even if we get still, Eventually, we can only sit still for so long. Eventually, we get up. And because it's play, you believe there's a right, wrong way to do it. I do too. And I can also question that and open up and see that, like the poet Rumi says, there is a field out beyond the realm of right and wrong. Feeling confused, that's 
perfect. That's where, because the rules are no longer making sense, or maybe they never did. All of this is available in that space. The space is not something to be afraid of. The space is actually something that, as we cultivate it, we notice that it realigns us again and again and again. So there is this wisdom behind holding space. There is the wisdom behind making space. We've done it for other people. Now it's time to do it for ourselves. That's why I call this self-kindness. And that's why I know that you doing your self-kindness work, it's challenging. We're not thrilled about it, but we're willing to do it because of the person that we become, because it's a kindness to us, it changes who we are in the world around us. It's like, you know, self-kindness should come with a warning label. It's like, warning, you will be radical, radically changed. And let's play with the question. <laughs> Why would you want that? So, my friend, your intuition, your curiosity, whatever brought you here today you're listening to this it kept you listening all the way to the ending here you know just get curious and you'll be given your answers create that space this is the most courageous moment right now saying yes to your inner wisdom your inner kindness journey honestly self-kindness with p is not for the faint of heart it's you know, it's for those who desire to live from the heart, from your whole self, safely, with grace, with love. Anyone can do this work, but not everyone is ready for it or willing. You know, they stopped listening all the way back to this is challenging work <laughs> earlier in the episode when I said that. So my friend, all the love, can't wait to hear from you. And always feel free to pop a comment in the comment section, rate the show, share it with a friend if you believe it could serve them. Let's make this a beautiful, safe world for inner kindness, beginning with you and then out to the world around us. I love you and I'll see you next week. Hello, Self-Kindness with Pete listener. It's time to take that leap, my friend. My three-month and six-month weekly one-on-one -on -one coaching is how, how to create that self-kindness practice inside of you, how to do it in a way that works integrating who you are, your perceptions, and making it completely catered for your needs so that you end up having a self-kindness practice that leads and works with your life for the rest of your life. Go to the show notes, click on the link, and start today. You are so worthy of the self-kindness already in you, my friend. And I can't wait to have this conversation with you.